Um, can you hear us okay? Yep. Cool. So we had some questions for you. Um, we're really impressed with your mahi and um, think it's awesome. So did you want to share a bit about who you were, where you come from? Yeah. Um, so Ngāti Pukenga, Ngāti Haua uh, are my main iwi. Uh, didn't grow up knowing them and only just starting to reconnect with them now that I'm nearly 50. Uh, but I grew up in Tauranga Moana. Uh, it was adopted by a Parker couple who raised me there, um, had a, a good good life there and uh, went and studied design in Wellington after I left school. Actually, I went to Hamilton for a year and then uh, I was at the Polytech there doing graphic design and then went to Wellington to design for another four years. So five years of tertiary study, um, came out, worked in the industry for a year and they haven't worked <laughs> in it since after five years of study. Um, but uh, yeah, um, met my my wife in Wellington, and she's from Tairawhiti. So we moved back here in 1998, and um, have been here since. Uh, have had uh, two two Tamariki uh, media. She's at uh, Victoria University. She's just, just turned 20. <laughs> Uh, and our boy Maioha is uh, 16 and he's at school in Tūranga. So, um, yeah, otherwise we live at just south of Ruatoria, um, been there since 2015, um, and sort of between doing design school and now, um, 2015 was when I really sort of started doing business things. Before that, I was more of a social entrepreneur, so more involved in community development and youth work and that sort of stuff um, over those those in between years. Uh, worked for government a little bit, but not very long. Um, like 18 months was long enough. Uh, and then was self-employed, sort of doing um, research and project management for 10 years before. Um, when we moved to Ruatoria 2015, um, started to think about what, we, what I was gonna do in the community really. Um, Tash, my wife's a uh, kayako in um, Punareo, so uh, she was set, but I was just looking around at what I was going to do. Um, and a mate who I didn't know very well at the time, but have um, become good friends since he'd moved back a year or two earlier, Panapa Eho, he's from Ruatoria, and we were both sort of thinking about what could we do that might help the community um, and economic development seemed like something that neither of us knew a lot about, but we thought we might put our hand to and see what we could do in terms of supporting existing businesses or starting new businesses and things there. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of where what my background was getting to that point. Um, and we'd been involved with the Marae and Hapu for sort of 10 years before we moved back there. So we've been in Gisborne and sort of an hour and a half away, but went back for committee meetings and hapu meetings and things. Um, and so, yeah, knew the community a little bit, but um, when we got there, just started looking around at what, yeah, what the opportunities might be, um, looked at natural resources, um, looked at sort of what the special things were that might be different up there to other parts of the country that might make it Good to do certain types of businesses like we talked to some uh scientists some food scientists and they were talking about onions which um need to be in 
quite a way away from other onions in terms of seed um, contamination and things. And so we looked at maybe onion seed <laughs> um, <laughs> breeding. Uh, but kanuka was the thing that we we got attached to first because it's just growing all over the hills sort of um, 100 years ago the hills were cleared uh, by whanau to uh, put sheep and cows on uh, and many of those blocks Māori land blocks now haven't got people actively working them as farms and so the manuka and kanuka have come back um, manuka honey was pumping at the time this was sort of the year 2015-16 so we um, stayed away from that because it was a well-established industry or, or well-progressed uh, and we looked at kanuka and what we might be able to do with it and particularly the oil from the leaves um, extracting from that so that's where we put some time and effort um, yeah and through that kind of got to connect with the research community in New Zealand in different universities and um, crown research institutes where a lot of good research and development happens, good sort of science and ideas, and they're often looking for partners to commercialize um, that, that stuff. So um, yeah, that was the, the start of our journey in entrepreneuring. That's awesome. Um, I really like that. And we've had a look um, online and seen some of your mahi, which is really impressive. Um, so some questions we had were, that, have you had much experience in other um, businesses so have you what other companies have you started and how are they doing yeah as I say that was all well, sort of so for 10 years before that I was self-employed which doesn't really count I don't think because <laughs> it was just me getting contracts and things but after that year sort of the from this point on 2015 with what we did to start with was we, we started a we wanted it to be sort of a community-owned company and so we created a charitable company so often you get charitable trusts and incorporated societies but this was a charitable company that um, was designed to benefit the wider community rather than any individuals um, involved and um, but of course when we set that up it didn't have any money so then we did have to find some individuals with some money and a friend of mine agreed to put some money in early on um, and we formed what's called a limited partnership between the charitable company and a company that my friend and I set up um, so that, and what we did was we gave that charitable company 60% ownership um, and we had 40% ownership. So they got that 60% for nothing as a community charitable company. Uh, and as we've gone on and done quite a lot of stuff, um, that arrangements remained where they've got the majority ownership. We controlled it because it was our money um, that was going in. Um, but, it, but that's also changing so that they'll shortly have um, control, equal um, control of that. Um, Sorry. So that was the first. Um, yeah, that, so that was Hikurangi Enterprises was the name of that charitable um, company. Just one question for some of the viewers that might have. is um, what was What's the difference between a charitable company and a charitable trust? Um, not a lot. It's sort of that a charitable company will have shareholders um in this case um just one shareholder so we set up an, a charitable trust as well which is the one shareholder in the company um but the idea was that in time there might be other shareholders like marae or hapu entities that are also charitable could also be owners in this company um but for now it's still the one trust um so we set up a charitable trust and it's the one shareholder in this charitable company uh, and a, a charitable trust has trustees who hold 
the assets of that trust on behalf of the beneficiaries of the trust, which could be um, sort of like Māori land owners could be beneficiaries, um, or a whole community could be beneficiaries, um, or it could be set up for um, an environmental area, the Ngahere or something could be the beneficiary, and the trustees are there, they, they're only as, there as trustees um, on behalf of the beneficiaries, managing the assets and distributing benefits and things. Um, whereas a company, and it was quite an um, interesting process we went through with the there's a thing called the Charities Register, which manages all the charities in New Zealand, and there aren't many charitable companies. Um, but what they said was the charitable company can only do commercial activities. It shouldn't do charitable things like education, scholarships, and all those sort of things, and charitable activities. Um, that's what the charitable trust has to do. And the charitable trust isn't allowed to do any commercial activities. That's what the charitable company has to do. So the main difference, I guess, is that charitable company has to do company things, businessy commercial things, and a trust has to do charitable activities that benefit people or places and so on. Yeah. But it's a yeah, so it's not very common, but it's an interesting way to do to set it up. Um, and it seems to have worked quite well to date in terms of what we what we wanted it to do. We got some very expensive lawyers, a friend of mine from school as a, a flash lawyer in Auckland. I was hoping for mates rates, but, um, <laughs> but you know, you sort of, and one of the principles we've based our, our mahi on in business is trying to pay for the best advice that we can get, whether it's accounting or lawyers or whatever. Uh, and it's really paid off because he really knew what he was talking about rather than maybe just going to the local law shop and people that haven't maybe got as much experience in commercial structures and things. And so we found that, really valuable investment there was a lot of money from our perspective at the time but it's definitely paid back in terms of the structures that were set up have worked really well for what we wanted to do um so that's carried on and then out of that limited partnership we've done things like kanuka oil and um invested in research around the different types of oil and what the oil does to treat different health conditions um and that's been a, a big investment but that's also paid off so um, we've got some good results from the research and so then we can go to other companies and say we've got a product that actually works to treat this um, condition and that's now going through the commercialization process we looked at kina um, there's some what we were really trying to do was focus on high value opportunities rather than sort of sheep and beef and um, trees which is what's mostly grown on the east coast that was sort of how can we move up the value chain and have industry that's better for the environment and better for people because it pays better um, and has less impact on the taiao. Uh, so we uh, looked at extracts that are high value that could be turned into medicines or nutraceuticals or something useful, cosmetics. Um, and there's an extract in Kinna that was quite promising and we did quite a lot of research on that. At the end of the day, we decided not to pursue that. Um, and part of that, and that was done in collaboration with Hapu on the coast, who provided kinna samples that we tested and um, looked at the extracts from. Uh, and for a range of sort of mostly commercial reasons, um, it wasn't going to fly, but there's still some good um, research that's been done, and that's been handed back to the Hapu um, so they can do something with it if they want to pursue it in the future. Um, and then cannabis came along. Someone said, Have you thought about growing hemp? And, we hadn't, but we 
looked at the natural resource that existed in our community and that was the people um, with all the skill base and cannabis cultivation and so um, that was 2016 we applied for a license a hemp license and started growing it then and harvested it in 2017 and when we planted it we weren't quite sure what we were going to try and do with it we could make food products from the seed um, or we could make fiber products from the stalks, or mm. we could make medicines from the flower, the cannabinoids in the flowers. Inspired um, you specifically with Rua Bioscience. Yeah, so that, that became Rua Bioscience, and, and that was really just, there's people that know how to grow this stuff. Um, we could sort of see where the market was shaping up in terms of New Zealand's um, regulations and legislation, not for recreational cannabis, but for medicinal mm. pharmaceutical cannabis products. Um, we could see... There was an opportunity there that the country was talking about, hey, we need to get patients better access to this. We need New Zealand produced products. And so we're like, oh, well, we've got people that know how to grow it. Um, let's start growing it and see if we can be part of that new industry. And so it was a good time to get into it. Um, and as a result, we've been able to yeah, sort of shape that industry as it's gone along. Um, and it was here to also to help people, I guess, that a lot of people say that, um, cannabis has helped them in for a range of different health problems and um, it seemed like a good good thing to be doing if we could make products that, that could help people yeah I've heard lots of stories about how um, the impacts of cannabis have helped people with like non-traditional methods to um, mm. helping with their health issues um, so you're the first multi-founded company to list on the NZX um, what impact do you think this has for our people yeah, I guess um, when we set out, we weren't planning to become a publicly listed company. And um, for a long time, I resisted the idea because it really, um, unless you're controlling the majority of the shares, which is quite difficult, um, you're giving away the company. And we're sort of starting out idealistically kind of assumed that there was some way that we could maintain control without actually having much money to invest. And as it's gone on, we've needed like over $45 million <laughs> invested in it. And uh, that wasn't going to come from our community and or our pockets. Um, so we had to find other investors to come in. Um, so I think, I hope that sort of for our people as in Māori people generally, uh, what it's done is show that um, it can be done, that you can start a little company in a really remote, isolated community, uh, Māori community in Aotearoa and and take it through to something that real investors see as um, something that they want to put their money into. And um, that's quite exciting, I think. And so hopefully there's more companies that come along. It's not, it's probably not going to be common, I don't think, for Māori to do that because generally, well, certainly sort of the Māori entities that have money uh, will be in a position to um, control those things mostly and will keep them private or sort of, um, collectively owned for future generations rather than try and set up companies that they um, have an exit from or they spin off into things and, and others end up controlling. Um, there may be some, you know, it's probably more going to be common for in individual Māori entrepreneurs um, or smaller sort of groups to do that rather than the big sort of corporate Māori entities that now exist through treaty settlements and things um, and some of the big Māori land trusts because they don't want to, they'll never want to sell their uh, land assets, certainly. Uh, and um, 
and the goal is always to build more intergenerational wealth and value um, to pass on. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not sure how common it is, but at least we've shown that it can be done. Um, yeah. And it's been a really interesting journey. And even just the yeah, sort of involvement with crowdfunding, we got our community to back us initially. Uh, and that was really humbling and, and, and cool to uh, feel that support from the community. And then dealing with institutional investors, so uh, angel investors or uh, venture capital and some of the Kiwi Saver funds and things who all looked at putting money into us. Some of them did, some of them didn't. Um, but just going through the, the meetings with them was sort of it's a whole other world of investment that we hadn't really had any experience with. And um, yeah, it's quite a different world that most of us um, live within. Uh, but it was good. Yeah, so really interesting process. And um, we learned a lot, made good connections. And so now we have these networks of people that we know who are looking for investment opportunities or we understand how to raise capital and that kind of stuff and hopefully can share um, some of those lessons along the way um, with others that, that want to do something similar. Mm -mm. That's awesome. I've seen, I, while you were talking, I saw that it's um, trading on shares as well. So if I know at home want to invest in um, do a bioscience, then they can do shares or mm. other platforms. So that's really, really cool. I think it's a great way for um, Rangatahi, especially, to see that um, someone part of our own community has been able to be so successful um, in business which is awesome um did you ever have questions come on um what advice would you want to give to someone who wants to start their own business yeah um i was on a call yesterday with some some people that gave some advice which i hadn't really heard before but it was very simple and made sense to me and basically they said a successful business needs three things um needs an idea a good idea um it needs capital, so money, uh, and it needs people who can pull it off and make it happen. And the first two are probably the easiest to find. There's heaps of good ideas around. Um, everyone's got a good idea. Um, and there's heaps of money around um, looking for a home that wants to invest in good ideas. The real challenging thing is finding good people that can actually pull something off. And um, there's another Māori entrepreneur, uh, Robert Hollis, um, that you might like to interview and his I remember what going to a presentation he did and he said um something along the lines of ideas are shit implementation mm -hmm. is everything and so it's like yeah we can all have ideas but if we can't have the action and sort of tinana, the sort of the bones of the idea then um it's never going to go anywhere and so many people that have good ideas but um either don't believe in themselves enough um, and I think that's a big big issue for Māori and we're sort of told to be humble and you know not back ourselves and sometimes we've just got to have that belief to to push on um, or just yeah the, the connections or the experience isn't there and we do need to support each other along those journeys um, and there's a real skill in kind of getting from an idea to a a real sort of thing that's actually happened and um getting you know working out what the steps are to get there and lots of us think that we can just get an idea and tomorrow we're going to wake up and the, the idea will be turned into reality and that's just not the reality it takes a plan and and steps to to get there so yeah i guess so the advice would be um believe in yourself um find people that can 
support your your journey and your aspirations and um and work out a plan that has achievable steps uh, along the way um to get to the goal of what you're trying to do exactly yeah i've seen lots of read lots of um successful business people and they've never had um a history where they haven't failed um before creating their successful Mm. business which is really interesting because most people tend to give up after um failing at something and you know i myself have created several blogs which um they're all deleted now because nobody was coming to them and instead of just giving up i just keep going keep going and finally Mm -hmm. some traction with one so that's that's a really cool um idea for lots of people to consider is to um persevere through through failure and then see what blossoms through that Um, yeah and to learn along the way yeah so you'll have learned some things in each of those failures or experiences um what are the benefits of founding your own company Hmm. um i guess you're in charge um and i've found that sort of through this experience like i said i didn't have much business experience seven years ago didn't really have any um but i did enjoy working for myself and i've been able to build a team but my skills and where i operate best is in in creating something out of nothing and then kind of giving it to somebody else <laughs> um, i'm not great at maintaining and sort of running things so i spent uh three years full on being the CEO and sort of building a great team. I got to a point where it's like, I don't want to manage all of these people and all of this responsibility. <laughs> and it started to stress me out. Sort of thinking about the number of um, whānau that we're relying on this thing. And, um, and it sort of, for me, it gets a little bit boring after a while, after you've sort of created something, I just want to find the next thing to create. Um, and whereas there's other people who are awesome at, picking up something that's been created and making it better and making it work well. And um, so finding those people was really important. Um, but yeah, so the good thing is you just set sort of mana motuhake, I suppose, kind of get to um, set the, your own course and take responsibility for, like we are just saying, the, the successes or the failures um, yeah, yeah. along the way. Yeah. And I guess there's um, generally, if you, if you organize it well, and again, we've learned good lessons along the way, um, there can be good financial rewards from being your own boss, um, particularly if it's a, a venture that has high value created in it. Um, and part of that is not getting one of the lessons or sort of um, bits of advice would be not to get too much money to come in too soon that you don't actually need. You're better to work as long as you can for as little as you can uh, to create something of real value that you then, when someone does need to put some money in, you can argue that actually it's worth a lot more and you should have a bigger share than if they come in with some money and um, you've just, you end up with a tiny slice of it because it's not worth that much from from the beginning. Because um, at the beginning, it's not worth anything. It's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. And we've all got to do the, the hard mahi to get to a point where it's actually worth something and other people come in and actually then you're in a better position. Um, yeah, so, and I guess sort of the, being your own boss, it's also you've got the vision of of where you're going, and um, and I've enjoyed being able to share that and find people that share the same vision and, mm. and build something together. It's not about me 
being in control of everything um, and have quite a, you know, my style is quite a flat structure. I, I accept and appreciate that I'm not an expert in almost anything. Um, and I need to find those experts and build a team of people that know much more than I do about the stuff that we're trying to do together so that they can, yeah, it can be successful if I try and control everything, but don't really understand it. Then yeah. That brings back to this Mikado of um, collective wisdom, which mm. I think is really cool. Um, if someone at home, so someone, um, some of the listeners have a killer business idea that they think that they could um, create into something big, what do you think they should do with this and where can they start? Mm. Uh, as I say, I think having a good plan, so really taking the time to think about what the goal is, uh, what does success look like, uh, and what are the steps that you're going to need to take and what things you're going to have to have in place and that plan's going to be wrong but at least it's something to be able to share with someone else and to kind of keep yourself accountable to and remind yourself about where you're heading and and why but that'll change so be be flexible with those plans and open to letting them change quite dramatically if they need to um but at least you've got sort of you know where you're heading and when you wake up each day oh that's the next thing that i need to be working on um yeah, find people that have been down that journey before in their own businesses and things and get good mentors and, and advice. And um, I certainly had some some people that I really appreciated getting advice from along the way. Um, and there's a few sort of organizations around that can support with mentors and um, a little bit of funding uh, which usually doesn't hurt as long as it's not sort of ending up controlling, you know, taking away the the energy from what you you really want to be doing. So again, just believe in yourself and make it happen uh, by any means necessary, any legal means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have any more questions, Tama? Um, Do you think that more Maori should start their own business? Oh, businesses? Uh, yes, yep. Um, I do. Uh, and I think we need to get better at supporting each other to do that well. Because uh, it's, you know, it wouldn't be good if everyone rushed out and started businesses that all fell over next week. But, um, and I've seen some people sort of make what I think are uh, dumb decisions that put everything at risk. Um, and often it's kind of, yeah, influenced by someone else with a quick get rich quick scheme sort of thing and um, they'll throw their money at it and then actually realise that they don't have enough money to buy kai this week for the kids or their house is no longer theirs and things so I think um, yeah, getting getting good advice um, is good but uh, but yeah, in principle I think you know we're going to and, and there will be more Māori business owners um, and that's a good thing and we just need to develop those skills and we've sort of you know we've kind of got this thing of that's the Pākehā world and we don't really understand it and stuff but what you guys are doing and what we're doing and, and many many others um, is proving that wrong and, and Māori have such a strong history of entrepreneuring from uh, when the Europeans first arrived and you know Māori were trading all over the, the region um, that it's, it's in our blood um, and just for you know sort of stop believing in ourselves because the, the settlers kind of took over the economy and we've got to rebuild that but there's some really exciting opportunities in 
you know, sort of investors around the world are looking for opportunities that have impacts and in indigenous communities that look after the environment and things. And um, some Māori businesses are terrible in the way they treat the environment. So it's not like we're perfect and um, all got these beautiful values that um, treat Papatūnuku well. And so it's, you know, sort of, it's also holding some of our own businesses to account a bit more as well I think is important and um, and being part of them as much as we can and finding those roles and encouraging business Māori businesses to and businesses in general to promote Māori into you know sort of uh, greater responsibility and build that capability amongst our whānau hapu iwi to be good at business. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, we really do appreciate um, you taking your um, time out of your day. I, I guess it's quite busy. Um, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate what you're doing as well. Keep up the great work and look forward to seeing all the great fruit that come from your mahi. Yeah, so we're really grateful for that. Um, but um, we haven't quite reached um, Zoom premium yet, so it's um, probably going to cut <laughs> off soon. <laughs> But um, yeah, so thank you um, so much. And just before we go, um, if there was just one line of advice you could give to, to any of the listeners today, what would it be? Yeah, I think believe in yourself 100% and also be humble and take advice from others, which seem like contradictions, but actually I think they're both really important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Ka kite. Ka kite.